You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Humby Savetta. Whoa, that was rowdy. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, so this series has been a lot of fun. Anybody feeling this series that we've been going through, Read the Red? Yeah, okay. I guess not. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell Doug that this service doesn't like his sermon, and you know he'll find out, he'll get with y'all when he gets back. Um, but it's been a lot of fun uh, for me going through it, and, and I'm sure for a lot of you, because as you've been reading through the red, different things like pop up in your life, and you're like, thank God I read this thing from Jesus today, because uh, things are going crazy. And, and actually, a kind of a crazy situation happened to me recently. Um, you see, we're gonna have a meeting here at church about. Uh, the things that we had learned about during the summer and how we can apply those things and how we were going to like start changing uh, things so we can better serve you in the best ways possible and, and just lots of really fun and exciting ways that we can serve all of you that are here. And, and so uh, I, was, I was fired up about it and I was like, yes, let's do this. Let's get this meeting in. Uh, but before I went to the meeting that first thing in the morning, I had to go drop my kids off uh, with my in-laws, with my mother-in-law specifically all the way across town. It's about a 30 minute drive, uh, but it's not a big deal. I get a chance to talk with the kids on the way over and listen to a fun podcast on the way back. So uh, it's not a big deal. I was on my way there, uh, except about five minutes from the house, this thing pops up. And so, you know, anytime you see that, it's not a great thing, but I was like, oh, we're so close. It's not a big deal, whatever. And so I just kept on going. And I got there and I was like, you know what, let me just get the kids out and then I'll check the tire. Cause you know, sometimes like you hit a bump and it just kind of throws off the sensor, whatever. And so I, I get the kids in, give them a hug and a kiss, whatever, we'll see you later, walk outside and I find this waiting for me when I take a look at my car. Not a big deal, right? I, I've changed tires before all the, all the time, 20 minutes, I can knock this thing out, cool. I text the team, hey, no big deal, got a little flat tire, see you guys in a little bit late. Uh, so I start working on it. And you know, uh, it's, it's not too bad, for, you know, for the most part, I'm getting them off, getting off the, the next nut off there, okay, cool, working, working, and, and, and you know, but there's a couple that like, you gotta get some extra leverage into it, you know, cause like it's a little bit hard. So, you know, I'm like giving it one of these and like pulling back and trying to pull, you know, trying to like go and like push this way and then, you know, another one where you're just kinda like kicking it. Like, you know, just whatever I can to get that extra leverage on it. And so uh, I get them all off until I get to this last one. And all my tricks and everything I could think of just isn't working. Uh, you know, at this point, I've also resorted to a, another method that I felt like can be useful, which is verbally abuse, abusing the tire. <laughs> and, and that didn't work. Um, but, but it, you know, and I'm like a crazy person as I'm, I'm looking at this tire because I'm like, there's a thing that's happening that I need to be at. And, and at some point, I'm just like so frustrated. I'm just thinking to myself, I will die here today before I let this tire defeat me and, and just going nuts. And so I come up with the, my final, my last resort. I, I put the wrench on and then I start jumping on it, you know, jumping on the wrench. <laughs> and the only thing that got me was a partially stripped nut, you know? Uh, so then I'm even more upset, and I'm about, at this point, I'm about an hour, hour and a half into what should have taken 20 minutes, and as I'm sitting there looking at it, I get a phone call, and it's my father-in-law, and he goes, oh, hey, Humby, what's up? I'm so sorry I couldn't be there to help you out. It looks like you're having a tough time. <laughs> and then he starts laughing at me, and I'm like, looks like I'm having a tough time, and he goes, yeah, I'm watching you on our doorbell right now. <laughs> 
So he's been watching me be a crazy person with this tire for the last hour. And so he's like, hey man, I've got some tools, some other tools if you need to use something. Uh, also, I've got WD-40 here in the corner of the garage. Go use that. Before you do anything else, spray that on, take a couple minutes, and then come back and work on the tire. So I, I do that, spray it, go inside, drink a, a bottle of water, come back out, and within 10 minutes of me starting to work on that thing, I have a new tire, the old tire off and a new tire on. Yeah, all right, cool, yeah. <laughs> And I, only w I was only like an hour and a half late to work, so it was cool. Uh, so have any of you done something like this before? Have you ever been up against something that you thought could be handled in one way, but then you ended up realizing that you were going about it all the wrong way? Has there ever been a time where you used the wrong methods and you ended up making it way harder on yourself than if you just would have done it the right way to begin with? Well, you all have done something like that, right? And really what it gets down to is that we aren't able to recognize the actual fight that was right in front of us. When it comes to problems in our lives, I want all of us here to know where we need to point our energy. I want us to be able to move in the right direction the first time, not the second time or the third time or the fourth time. So let me introduce you to today's big idea. It's fight the right fight. Fight the right fight. Say that with me. Fight the right fight. Awesome. So there's a biblical story that actually inspired this big idea. And in this story, uh, it happens in a part of the Bible where Jesus is about halfway through his ministry. He's rolling around with his disciples, and uh, he's made a name for himself in his area. And the story that we're going to read through is actually recorded in three different Gospels. It's in Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. And today we're going to be reading through this story in Mark 4. So there it says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up, woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they asked each other. Even the wind and waves obey him. Even the wind and waves obey him. So as we read through this story, there's a couple of, of details I want to give to you. Uh, the first off is that they are in a, in a lake called the Sea of Galilee. I know it's sea, lake. It's just a big body of water. It's called the Sea of Galilee. And so in this Sea of Galilee, it rests about 700 feet below sea level. And just to the east of this sea is a mountain range with mountains that go as tall as 2,000 feet above sea level. So what happens is there's a bunch of cold air that comes off of these mountains and travels down quickly. Well, as it's coming down, it's going to meet this warm, tropical, moist air that's traveling up quickly. And when these two things collide, you get pretty violent storms. So it's a very regular thing for these storms to happen on the sea. And, and so what's interesting to me as I started to look at this story, the fishermen, uh, the, the disciples, a lot of them were fishermen. And so, and pretty experienced fishermen. So while they're in there, 
uh, they would have dealt with some of these storms before in the past. It's not like, you know, a new thing. And yet they were totally freaking out. And, and we see why, right? It's a hardcore storm. There's water coming over the side of the boat. Now, I'm not an experienced fisherman, but what I do know about boats is that you want the water on the outside, not on the inside of the boat. And so they're, they're freaking out. Jesus, Jesus, we're going to die. We're going to drown. And Jesus is just like chilling there on a pillow. I love that, the, that it has that little detail that he's like asleep on a cushion under his head, you know, while everybody's like running around crazy. And so he gets up, speaks a couple words to the storm, and it's done. Then he looks at him like, why are you guys afraid? And so to me, uh, you know, I'm looking at it like, Jesus, they're afraid because water was coming over the side of the boat. Of course they're afraid. Everything they've known and experienced as fishermen tells them this is a very bad thing and they need to be afraid. And, and that just didn't sit well with me. So I continued uh, to read and research on the story. And finally, I, I started looking through the original language that this book was written in, which is Greek. And I, I start looking through it and, and because I, I like to do do that sometimes because there's some things get lost in translation and I want to see like the exact word and the exact thing that they were talking about. So the, what popped up at me was the word for silence. The Greek root word of that slide or of that is phemo. Everybody say that with me. Phemo. Awesome. You guys speak Greek now. Congratulations. Uh, so phemo means to muzzle. And you know, like the things that you put on wild animals when they attack people. You know, like that wild animal right there. So uh, I continue to do some research on this word "fimo," And in the Bible, it only happens two other times other than in this story. And the other two times, it's actually the same story being recounted from two different gospels. And so uh, I want to read the story with you. And before we get to it, I want to give you some context of it. Uh, at this point, uh, Jesus is in the city of Capernaum, and he's preaching in the Jewish temple. So let's look at Luke 4, and we'll read the story. Uh, so there, once he, who, Jesus, uh, once he was in the synagogue, a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit cried out shouting, go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him. Be quiet, Fimo. Come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man onto the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. Amazed, the people exclaimed, what authority and power this man's words possess. And look at this, even evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. Look at how it ends. It ends in almost the exact way that it ended in Mark 4. There it says, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. That's almost exactly the same thing as how it ends in Luke. So guys, anytime the Bible repeats itself or there are very similar things that happen in almost the exact same way in different stories, it's something that you need to pay extra attention to. Because what happens is God doesn't do things on accident. It's not just like an accident or a chance that these two things happen in almost the exact same way. So we need to pay extra attention to this. So what does this mean? Well, let me submit this idea to you. The storm that almost overtook the boat in that Sea of Galilee wasn't just a storm in the physical realm. The storm was something spiritual. 
The storm was a straight up spiritual attack. The enemy was working against the people in the boat to make them lose faith. The enemy was working against them so they would give up at that moment right then in the water. In the boat during the storm, we see it. The men were terrified that this is happening. They knew something was different about the storm, but they were worried about drowning. And Jesus is talking to them afterwards about being fearful, fearful and lacking faith He isn't talking about being fearful and lacking faith in the physical realm. Jesus is telling them to be fearless and faithful in the spiritual realm. He's telling his dudes that they need to fight the right fight. They're focused on the water coming into the boat, but what they're completely missing is the spiritual fight that's happening all around them. If you're following me, say fight the right fight. So if that isn't enough to show you that this storm was a spiritual storm. I wanna submit this next piece of of evidence to you here. So, like I said, this story of Jesus calming the storm happens three times in three different gospels. Well, in all three of these different gospels, the same story follows what happens. And I'll pick this up in Luke 8. There it says, as Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in the tombs outside the town. As soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. Then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. Does this sound familiar? Does this seem similar to something we just read? For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. This spirit had often taken control of a man. Even when he, he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness. Completely under the demon's power, Jesus demanded, what is your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. So real quick, when, when, he, they say, when he says legion, everybody that was there immediately would have known what that means because at that time, the Roman army was all around and people knew what a Roman legion was and that was 6,000 soldiers, about 6,000 soldiers. So some scholars would say, There are 6,000 demons inside of this dude right now, or at this part in the story. So uh, back to the story. The demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter into the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. So this is what the spiritual storm was about. The spiritual storm happened in the Sea of Galilee because real work was going to happen on the other side. The enemy was doing its best to keep the disciples from getting to the other side because the enemy knew that when they got there, stuff was about to go down. The enemy knew that an entire legion was going to get destroyed. So the enemy was doing everything it could to keep that from happening. That's why it's so important for us to fight the right fight. It's because there are things that are out there trying to stop us, each and every one of us, from getting to the other side of the spiritual storm that we are dealing with right now to do the real work. And if we are focused on the wrong thing, then we will sink. If you're with me, say, fight the right fight. Guys, this happens to us all the time. For me, it was that dang nut on my tire that kept me from being a part of this very important meeting. Obviously, that tire was from Satan. (laughs) 
I mean, think about it. How many times have you guys been coming to church and that train over there keeps you from getting over here? Obviously, that train is demonic, right? Or how about this? Some of y'all have kids out there that don't want to wake up on Sunday mornings and they're like, I don't want to go or they're just like walking. Well, let me say this. Those kids are obviously... Well, they're yours, okay? I'm not going to say they're mnemonic or anything like that. So let me put it to you like this. How many of you have ever gotten into an argument with someone? Now, when you're in that argument, does the healing and the resolution of that argument happen while you all are like screaming back and forth at each other? Or does it happen once the storm has passed and you're able to get some time and talk it out after? Right. Things happen after the storm is over. See, so for most of us, we see a problem in front of us and we use our experiences to figure out our way through it. We deal with it in our own way. Some of us like to attack the storm head on. I'm going to go mess with this now. Or some of us will sit back and just like hope that it's going to pass soon. While others will, will be there and sit in it and get mad that we even have to go through the storm. Well, Tommy doesn't have to go through this storm. Why do I have to deal with this stuff? So some of you might be like, cool, Humby, that's great. And I'm totally following you, you on this. But what do I actually do in my life? Well, I don't want you to fight on your own. I don't want you to sit back and hope the storm will pass soon all by itself. I don't want you to get upset that you are in the storm. I want you to do what the disciples did in that boat. I want you to run to Jesus and tell him about it. Never despise the things that will make you run to Jesus. Don't get upset that you're in a storm because it's what's growing you closer to the creator of the universe. It's going to move you closer to a father that wants to do nothing more than get you out of that storm. Don't be mad at the opportunity you're being given to see God work in your life. So what is the water that's coming into your boat right now? Are your kids being crazy and you don't know how to deal with them? Are you worried about them? Are you having trouble in your relationship? You don't know where you're going to end up. Are you worrying that you, you're not going to be able to make rent this month? Are you in a career that you're unsure you should be there and you're just waiting to figure out where, where this is the next step? Where do I go? Well, no matter what it is, go to Jesus. Run to him. Run to him and let him know what's going on. Pray about it with him. Now, I'm not saying that when you pray, instantly your kids are going to be perfect and your relationship's going to be awesome and you're going to have a million dollars in your bank account and you're going to get a call from that industry and they're like, when can you start? That's not how this works all the time, sometimes maybe, but normally not. Now, after you pray, just like the disciples, we're going to have to navigate our boat to shore. But the good thing is that we've got Jesus sitting next to us as we do that.
but it's gotta be a constant thing. Remember, change happens daily, not in a day. So when we're going to Jesus in the middle of these storms, we're letting him know that we trust him. We're letting Jesus know that even when the enemy is making life terrible, when the enemy is making water spill into our boat and we feel like we're gonna drown, that we can be confident that he will calm the storm. For some of us here, you might be a spiritual investigator. You might be asking the question, who is this man that can calm the storm? Who is this man that has authority over all these things? Well, for you guys, just so you know, it's Jesus. And the first step of letting Jesus help you through the storm is letting Jesus into your life. And you might be thinking, yeah, homie, that sounds great. But you don't know me. You don't know the things that I've done. You don't even know what I did last night. If you knew, you wouldn't be telling me about this Jesus dude. You'd be telling me to get as far away from here as possible. Because you have been told your whole life that to get to Jesus, that to get blessings from God, it's gonna take hard work. You gotta do a bunch of good deeds. You gotta be better. Oh, you said the wrong bad, you said that one bad thing, you're going to hell now. That's not how God works. It's not about being the, the most perfect person. It's not about doing a bunch of good deeds. It's not about jumping through a bunch of religious hoops. It's about simply believing. All you have to do is simply believe that Jesus was God, walk this earth, lived without sin, and died for you in all the mistakes that you've made in your life. That's it. And once you believe that, you're in. It's all it takes. And you're in forever. There's no way you can out-sin God's grace. There's no way that you can over-sin past Jesus' amazing and loving sacrifice. He's with you forever. So let's all bow our heads to pray. Because here in this tribe, we never pray alone. And if you're one of those people that came in here wondering about who this Jesus guy is, or you're in the cafe and you're sitting there because you didn't wanna be here in the theater, you figured, well, I'll just stay a little bit further away. Or for the people that are watching online, listening online right now, you're like, well, if I just don't go, I just wanna check it out, I just wanna hear about this dude. And you're sitting there and your heart is about to burst out of your chest because you know the things I'm saying right now are truth and you wanna start a relationship with Jesus today, I want you to pray something like this with me. Jesus, I'm coming to you right now and I know I have messed up so much. I'm sorry for that. But I'm here now and I want you to know that I believe in you. I believe that you gave up your life for me, that you gave up your life to make up for every single mistake I've made in the past and every single mistake I'm going to make in the future. Jesus, I don't want to be alone in this storm anymore. 
I want to follow you the best way I know how. Amen. So let's keep our heads bowed in here. And if you're a believer, whether it's been for the last 50 years or for the last five seconds, it just happened right now, and you want things to change in your life, I want you to do this. Think about the storm that you're facing. Think about the water that is coming into your boat right now. Ask Jesus to show it to you. Now, if you want to give it up to Jesus, you can pray something like this along with me. Jesus, I'm stuck in the middle of a storm. The water is coming over the side of my boat and I am terrified. The enemy is trying to ruin this part of my life and the only thing I want to do is go to you. Please step in and silence the storm in my life. Please speak a single word to make this storm go silent. And then Lord, please point me in the right direction that you want me to navigate my boat. Thank you for everything, Jesus. I love you. And I pray all of these things in your holy, amazing, wonderful, and loving name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So guys, right now, the band is gonna play a song. And if you feel like you want to come down here right now and continue to talk to Jesus about the water that's spilling into your boat and the storm that you are facing, you can go ahead and do that right now during this time. If not, you can stay in your seat and you can talk to God about all those things right there where you're at. Either way, what I want you to do right now is go ahead and stand and spend some time with the mighty God who loves you so much. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for how you're moving here in this room. I thank you for how you're changing hearts right now. I thank you for showing us where you are in the midst of our storms. And I thank you for showing us how mighty and awesome and powerful you are while also showing us how loving and gentle you can be to each and every one of your children. We thank you, Lord. We thank you and we love you. We just ask that you continue to be with us and calm our storms. And we pray all these things in your son's holy and precious and loving and amazing and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.